your Bibles this morning. I'm going to encourage you to turn to three passages. I always try to get you to turn to two, but today I think you can turn to three. I think you're better than that. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so if you brought your Bibles or if you have your smartphone, however you do it, um, we're, we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and Psalms 103. So 1 Timothy 6, 2 Corinthians 5, and Psalms 103. Um, the title of this, and I'm going to start a series today. These are, these are all connected, but they're all standalone messages. Um, and I'm going to tell you where this came from. Uh, fight the good fight of faith is what I'm calling it. And um, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a six-part series. And I know I'm starting it today. This is going to be kind of the, the overall introduction of this message, of this series. And then, of course, next Sunday is Pastor Craig Limley with the Plus One Sunday. But over this past weekend, we came out of that series of Kings and Priests, and I heard a lot of good feedback from that. I hope it blessed you, and I hope it encouraged you in your walk with the Lord, and you're finding who you are in Christ, your identity in the Lord. Is um, The Lord began to just led me to a book that I thought that I had read before, and I found out that I'd never read it because I read a lot of of books. Jada can tell you that. I got a lot of, she tells me, she says, no more buying books. You're going to download them on your Kindle. Because she goes, I'm tired of seeing books laying all over the house. And uh, so now I've got a Kindle. And so I just download books to it. And I love to read. That's one of the things I love to do and, and, and learn and study. And somebody that I, that I read a lot who has went home to be with the Lord now is Kenneth E. Hagan. E. Hagan, not the son. The son's still pastoring there and leading that ministry, but his dad was the one that started that ministry, and I read all of his stuff. I got all of his books. I didn't get rid of those books because I went through their school of ministry by correspondence. It took me like 26 years to finish, but hey, I finished, you know. Um, Y'all saw that post on Facebook, but um, perseverance right there. So it was study as you go, and uh, so it was so funny because I called the lady up, and I was asking her. I got to share you this story. I called her up at the at the ministry office, and I said, told her my name, and said, "Can you look up and see um, how many more lessons I got to go, and what do I need to graduate, and all this stuff?" And and she said, "Well, Mark, you've been with us since the '90s." <laughs> I said, "Golly!" And she was she even started laughing on the phone. She goes, "I think you're the longest one on this whole deal." And I said, "Well, great. I, I'm winning at something in life," and. Uh, so finally got graduated, but in the meantime, I found out because I'm one of those OCD kind of persons, I want to finish it all, right, not just part of it. So during that deal, I told, she said, well, they added one, one, one since you've been doing this for 26 years. I said, well, I got to do that too. But she goes, but you finished your part, so we are going to send you a diploma, so I'm still studying. So I still got one more, one more uh, lesson to, to go through, which is about five or six actual lessons in it. But... Um, so I said all that to say this. I found a book by Kenneth E. Hagan that I hadn't read, and it, is, it was called Understanding the Good Fight of Faith. And when I started reading it, it was just, it just was revelatory to me, first of all. He, he was a great Bible teacher, if you didn't know him, uh, very prophetic, apostolic. And, um, and so I'm just going to tell you the gist of it right now. I'm going to kind of tell you the overarching theme of this whole series, and we're going to break it down into six different parts. But this is, this is what this, this series is all about. If Satan can hold us in the arena of reason in our minds, he can defeat us every time. But 
If we hold him in the arena of faith, we will defeat him every time. So we've got to stay in faith, not up here. And the faith fight is the only fight we're supposed to be in. We're not fighting other Christians. You're not fighting your family. You're not fighting your flesh. Um, And I'm going to say another one. And you're not even fighting the devil. The devil was defeated 2,000 years ago at the cross. What our fight is, our fight, what the Apostle Paul told us, we're going to read this in just a second, is our fight is to stay in faith. Our fight is to fight the good fight of faith. And if we're in any other fight, then we're in the wrong fight. You're just beating the air. And so, um, and you're not even fighting the world, guys. You're fighting to stay in faith. Stay in faith. One of the greatest enemies to our faith is the lack of understanding of God's word. And a lack of knowledge of God's word produces, and what that does, it produces unbelief. If you don't know, then you're not going to believe. Produces unbelief. And you can't believe beyond your knowledge of God's word. And so if you're there in 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 and 12, 11 and 12 and 1 Timothy 6 are going to be our main scriptures throughout this whole series. You're going to hear it six different times. All right, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. We need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 12 says this. And this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. He says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. He tells him, there's a whole list of things above this. He tells him to flee. But then he says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. That's what he tells him to pursue. There it is. I'm sorry. Didn't have my clicker. So, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. There it is. He tells him to fight the good fight of faith. Doesn't say fight the devil. Doesn't tell him fight your flesh. Doesn't tell him fight the world. He says fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you've made good, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there it is. Fight the good fight of faith. Look at somebody say, fight the good fight of faith. Hosea 4.6, another one of my favorite scriptures. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't know God's word, so we're destroyed. Proverbs 3, verse 13, this is the whole point of this whole series, is blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Our whole deal is this whole series is about getting understanding on how to fight the good fight of faith. And so here's my, just going to go ahead and give you what today is. We're going we're to look at understanding the new birth. Most Christians today, you guys won't and you guys are not, but most Christians today don't even understand salvation. They don't even understand the new birth. Uh, and a lot, a lot of people sit in church and they're saved and they sit in church their whole lives and go to heaven but they sit in church their whole life, and they never understood what they even got until they get to heaven. And so I want you guys to have the understanding of what the new birth does for you. And everybody said amen. So then we're going to learn about understanding our place in Christ, understanding righteousness, understanding our legal right to the name of Jesus, understanding how to act on God's word, and understanding our confession. Those six things help you walk the walk of faith and understanding them to do that. Nowhere in there does it tell you to fight the world, fight the flesh, fight, or fight, you know. Th- those are 
we have to stand against those things. Don't get me wrong. Ephesians 6 talks about standing, but our fight isn't against them. Our fight, when we're standing, our fight is to stay in faith. Okay? So I, I want you to get that. So everybody say that's the end, end of the introduction. Okay? All right. So I really just got two points today. And I'm going to break these down. If you know me, being a teacher, there's definitely a lot of sub-points underneath these two points. So here's point number one of understanding the new birth. We are spirit beings. We are born again in our spirit. We renew the mind, which is our soul. And our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we contend with the flesh, which is our body, or I like what one pastor called it, our earth suit. Okay? So... The reason why I want to show you that is because it goes from the inside out, not the outside in. Everybody see that? We're spirit beings first. We're born again in our spirit. We renew the mind, our soul, and we contend with the, the flesh, the body. Our main, another main scripture that I want you all to get, and I want you to start confessing this over you. Some of you have heard this, and we've heard it, and we've seen it until it just becomes, you know, and we don't really get the understanding of what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell the Corinthian church he says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say new. He, he's, not a, a rest, he's not restored. He's new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have got, if you're going to walk with God in victory in this life, what overcomes the, the world is our faith, walking in faith. So if, if you're going to walk in victory in life, that has to become not just head knowledge, that's got to become heart knowledge, that I have passed from death to life. I'm, I'm a whole new creation. And everybody said amen. All right, Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. So God wants us to live from the spirit. Our spirit is to be boss hog. Not our body, not our flesh, not, not our emotions. How many of you know, don't, you know, I guess raise your hand. How many of you know they're just, just led around by their emotions? Okay, God don't want you living like that. Amen? Oh, boy. How many of you had to talk to some emotions this morning? I did. I had to repent this morning and say, uh, Lord, I, uh, something happened this morning, and it got me off kelter, and I was like, I got to get back focused, focus, focus, because my old flesh was rising up and Tabasco sauce, and my mind was going different places, and it wasn't good, wasn't good. And so that, and I'm sharing that, and we laugh at that, but that's walking by faith, because you're, you're going to walk out these doors today, and you're going to go out into the world, go out wherever you're at, and that's going to hit you right in the face. So then you're going to have to learn how to make your spirit boss that. Your spirit man saying, no, you're not going to act like that. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you've got to get your spirit man to be the dominant one. Amen. And everybody said amen. Okay. Man is a spirit being. He has a soul and he lives in a physical body. We need to think of ourselves as spirit beings possessing souls and living in bodies. Live from the inside out, not the outside in. So we're supposed to live spirit, soul, and body, not body, soul, and spirit. Or soul, body, spirit, whatever, however, whatever three you want to. The spirit has to be boss hog. And everybody said amen. 
All right, I need you to talk back to me today, all right? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why I read this scripture is there's a lot of people, even good Christian people, that believe that we're just two parts. We're not two parts. The Bible never says that. We're three parts just like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're three parts, spirit, soul, and body. It's right there. So with our spirit, we contact the spiritual world, and with our soul, we contact the mental world, and with our body, we contact the physical world. And so I just read that scripture so that you'd understand that the spirit and the soul are not the same. Another scripture that tells us that the spirit and the soul are not the same is Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of what? Soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we got to get in the word of God so that our spirit man will grow and so that we can get our soul renewed. Everybody see that? All right, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, the apostle said, the apostle Paul said, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. You know, aren't you glad to hear that today? That's really encouraging. You know, our earth suit's just wasting away. But our inner self, our inner man, our spirit man is being renewed day by day. One of these days we're going to get a, a new body. That's yet, that hasn't happened yet, right? And uh, I've, already, I've already told the Lord I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the spirit. That's all I care about. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what those new bodies are going to look like, but they're going to be cool. I know that, and they're not going to wear out, okay, and they're not going to waste away. I love this scripture in Jeremiah 13, verse 23, the prophet Jeremiah. He said, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Of course, the, you know, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. But the spiritual nature of man is a fallen nature, and I'm going to tell you guys, no matter what you do, you cannot change that nature. It's there. Man cannot change his own nature, but I can tell you somebody who can, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He can change it. In Romans 10, 17, how this happens, you've got to walk in faith, and you've got to get into the Word of God. I cannot stress that enough. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. You've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to hear it. You've got to do it. You've got to become the Word. You've got to let the Word become flesh, just like it did with Jesus. So faith grows with understanding God's Word. If your faith is not growing, your knowledge of God's Word is not growing. If you're not growing in faith, then you're not developing spiritually. we got a lot of spiritual babies in the body of Christ. God wants us to grow up. All right? And I want you to make 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, your confession. Because you will all, there's going to be days you don't fit. There's days I don't, guys. There's days I don't feel saved. There's days I don't even act saved. If you don't believe me, you can ask Jada, okay? And, and, but here's the deal. You're going to always rise to the level of your confession. You've got to know who you are in Christ. Because the enemy's going to lie to you. The world's going to lie to you. Yourself's going to lie to you. And you're going to have to use that scripture against all that. And rise to your confession. Rise to the level of your confession. Too many Christians are agreeing with the enemy. Roman, or Romans 12, 2. Talking, talk, now we're going to shift to the soul here real quick. I was talking about the spirit, now with the soul. This is what you do with the soul. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
that by testing, that testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. To renew your mind, you've got to get into the Word of God. Amen? James 1 verse 21 says, Receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. The Word is what saves if you. If you don't read it, I tell you, get in the Word. However you need to get in the Word, if it's reading it, um, if it's listening to it, if you do a lot of windshield time, get, get, in, get the word coming into you. And everybody said amen. Now, I, you know, what, what blesses me is when I'm reading scripture. Um, I love this. Mark and I had some time together this week, and Mark said, is there anybody in scripture that's going through what, what I've been through? You know, or, you know, is, is it hap- has it happened to anybody else, Pastor? I said, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Job, and he's, he's, he's oh, besides Job, I don't want Job's life, you know, besides Job, you know, we were talking about that, and I love how God puts those scenarios in the Word of God, so it's like, you don't have it that bad, right, you know, you really don't, and, uh, and God does that, and so, and it made me, we, we laughed about it, and, but when I was studying this, I was thinking, of, you know, been using, you know, of course, the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and so I love one of my favorite scriptures of the Apostle Paul is Romans 7 because he tells us, even I go through this. This great apostle of the faith that's, that's writing two-thirds in the New Testament. Most of it was written while he was in prison. Romans 7, verses 22 through 25, he says, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. He's starting to, you know, we all live like that. And then he says, wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. And then I love verse 25. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And he said, I'm still in this, in this earth suit and I'm still here, God. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, serve the law of God with my mind and all this. But I love... We stop there, and you need to go to Romans 8, 1, because that just continues, where he says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You've got to tell the enemy, I don't live in guilt anymore. I don't live in, in condemnation anymore. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So if you want to know the will of God, you have got to get into the word of God. Amen? I, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot as a pastor. Lord, what's, you know, pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Get into the Word of God. Is it going to be, is it going to be? No, I just know that that Word is a compass. It's like true north. It'll get you there. Whatever it's supposed to be, it'll get you there. But you've got to get into the Word of God. If you need healing in your body, get in the Word of God. The Word heals. If you, if you need joy and uns, if you need joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, you've got to get into the Word of God. If you, I'm just trying to say things that people come to me and say, I need joy. Get in the Word. I need peace. Get in the Word. I need to know what the future is and who holds the future. Get in the Word. It tells you we win. Amen. Uh, it, it, I, need to grow, I need to grow spiritually. Well, get in the Word and get in church. And everybody said amen. Give yourself a hand clap for coming to church this morning. I'm just telling you, because there's a lot of days that I, I get up and I look outside and I'm like, God, it's snowing, I don't want to go to church. And then the Lord reminds me, you're the pastor. <laughs> okay, there you go, that's a funny. All right, <laughs> all right, here's number two. This is the number two, and, and um, 
both of these are very important. So you've got to understand that you're a spirit, soul, and body in that order, okay? And then the second thing on understanding the new birth is that new birth, you know, happens spirit, and then we, we're walking by faith and we're renewing our mind, and then one of these days we'll get a new body. Everybody said amen, okay? So here's number two, and I want you to get this, guys. Once you, know, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are forgiven in Christ Jesus. We are forgiven. One of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to lie to you that you haven't been saved. And that's why we have people that, that come to church, and it's because they haven't been taught. That's the main reason. But every Sunday they're answering the altar call. Or they, they have, and the, there's nothing wrong with answering an altar call. I just want to say that. But they, they, the reason why they're answering is because they, they don't feel saved. They're like, I've got to get saved all over again. Or I've got to be baptized five times before I feel, you know. I just like, what, however long it takes. But, but finally, but one of these days, God wants you to know you're saved. Because the biggest trick of the enemy is to keep you a little bitty baby so that you don't grow. And you're never a threat to the kingdom of darkness because you haven't grown. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'm going to say it again. You're going to hear this one a lot. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love what the apostle Peter says. He, he takes this analogy and he says like newborn babes, new, new, newborn infants. So we're born, you know, physically we're born as babies, right? Nobody just comes out full grown. Amen. Okay. The same is in the spirit. You're born like a, you're born as a baby and then you grow. Like newborn but it, let me say this. Even though we grow naturally in the physical, the the spirit we grow supernaturally. All right. So you got to work with the Holy Spirit to grow. So you can get saved and remain a baby for the rest of your life. Here's the deal. I want to get saved and grow. All right. I just need to say that. So like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. God wants to take you from milk to meat. I'm a meat and taters man, okay? Amen. I, my wife's got chili for the Super Bowl, part, you know, our little Super Bowl get-together this evening. It may just be in her, me and her, uh, but we're going to have some chili. I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm a meat and taters kind of guy. You know, she's not, we're not having milk tonight and watching the Super Bowl. So we get, but you start off with milk and you grow. Amen. That's what we do. Now, the reason why I'm showing you that is this. The outstanding characteristic of a baby is innocence. They have no past. So you don't go, you don't go up to a baby and go, golly, what kind of past did you have? Right? You don't, we don't do that. You just go up to them, oh, how precious they are. They're so new. They, they even smell new. So you don't think of a baby as having a past. You're, and I want to tell you, everyone, what the Apostle Peter was trying to tell the people that he was speaking to that day and why that scripture is there is you're like that newborn baby. You have no past. Your past is gone. No matter what it was, no matter what happened, it's gone. It's in the past. The only body that needs to believe that is you now. So the enemy knows, here's what the enemy knows. The enemy, Satan, the devil, knows that remembering our past sins and mistakes will hinder our faith and growth. 
And then he just keeps it before us in, in little ways. He, he's very crafty and good at his schemes and strategies to keep it before us so that we just stay a little bitty baby and we just keep on the milk. And we never grow to, to meat and taters. And there's a lot of people like that. And God doesn't want us living like that. Amen. And it takes a choice to say, I'm going to grow and I'm, I'm going to believe what, by faith, I'm going to believe what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says about me. I'm a new creation. And the old has passed away. So now I'm going to give you a few scriptures to show you this. And I've got some stories I'm going to share with you at the end of this message. Psalms 103, verses 11 through 13 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassions to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I want you to know that he has removed your sins as far as the east is from the, the west for eternity. All right, he, don't, he does not remember them. I'm adding some scriptures for you for, for 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Psalms 103, 11 through 13. Here's Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, I am, there's that I am, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God don't, doesn't remember them, so why are you? Hebrews 8, verse 12. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sin, sins no more. And then the last scripture, you need some more. If we confess our sins, have you done that? If you've done that, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at somebody and say, you're forgiven. Now look at him and say, now believe it. All right. Got a few stories I want to share with you. Um, because one of, the, one of the things that hinders our faith, we're forgiven, I'm showing you scriptures. But one of the things that has hindered people in their growth in faith uh, is because of what I call religion. Has hindered a lot of people. And religion, I'm just going to say this about religion. Religion will make you doubt your salvation. And I don't think God wants us to doubt our salvation. I just don't see Jesus ever doing that. All right. And because he wants us to grow and he wants us to know how much God loves us. And so there's, a, there's several stories I'm going to share with you. Some are from the book that I read. Some of them are from my own personal walk with God. And just even here recently some things that I heard. And it grieves me. And I want you to get on. The reason why I'm sharing these things is because I want you to know that religion hurts people. God doesn't. God loves people. Jesus loves people. And so I'm going to start off with this, this one story from the book. Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin, um, even though he pastored earlier in his life, later in his life he had a traveling ministry. And one of the things that he would do is he would go and teach. And he would usually have a series of meetings how he would do it back in, in his day. A series of meetings he would teach. And then, but he would always pray for people. And he, he liked to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and for healing. And if you don't know the story about Kenneth E. Hagin, he grew up Baptist until he came into the fullness. There's, and I'm going to say this. Right? I felt the pushback already. All right? Because somebody will send this to somebody. Send it to Pastor Steve here in town. There are spirit-filled Baptists. Okay? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're spirit-filled. Now, you may not know what Acts says, 
And you need to read the book of Acts. That's all I'm going to say right there. Read the book of Acts. about the ba- There is another baptism besides water, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is a whole other teaching, though. We understand the new birth. There's, there's, okay, that's why there's a walk of faith. There's a journey in this. All right? So this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and so he was, praying, he was praying for people at the end of the service, and he saw a particular woman come up in the prayer line, and he said he knew immediately by the inward witness, uh, not that he, he did not know this lady at all. He just knew by the in, inward witness of the Holy Spirit that this lady, um, nobody thinks that she is going to receive anything from God because of her past. And she's up there in line. And so he knew this, and he's like, and the Holy Spirit told him, before you lay hands on her and pray for her, you need to teach this whole congregation how fast I forgive somebody and that she can receive healing, and she can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what she's done. But everybody in that town knew this lady and knew what she had done, and she'd been in and out of church, more out than in, been around those kind. Here's the deal, guys. I don't want us to be the elder brother when people come through these doors. We're going to have so many people come through these doors that need Jesus that I want us to be open arms. I want to be Jesus to them, not the elder brother. You know, and saying in that religious spirit, got to get that out of here. And so Kenneth Hagin stopped during the meeting, and he told everybody, he said, ma'am, I don't know you, right? No, I don't know you. He said, I'm just going to say something, and I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything, but you have a past, don't you? And, of course, everybody in the congregation goes, <gasps> you know, like, oh, does she, you know? And she goes, yeah, and she started weeping. She goes, yes, I do. And he said, but you're saved, right? She goes, yes, I'm saved. And he said, uh, and then he asked the crowd, he said, this is what he asked him. He said, how long do you think it will take God to forgive her? How long do you think it took God to forgive her? And they said, right then. They said, good. Because she's came up here to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and healing in her body. And the Holy Spirit's already told me she's going to receive both. But he wants you all to know that's how fast he forgives people. They don't have to earn this. They don't have to jump through hoops. They don't have to jump through your religious hoops, your denominational barriers to receive from God. And so he laid hands on her. She received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and she received healing. Another story that I read in this book was John Olstein, which was Joel Olstein's wife. Uh, not his wife. That's not that about come out of my... John Olstein was his dad, okay? John Olstein. And John um, was another uh, Baptist pastor that got filled with the Holy Spirit got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was talking to a lady one time, and he said uh, this lady came to, her and came to him, and she was so excited. She said, I've read your book. I've been to some of the full gospel businessmen meetings, even though I'm a lady. I, I went to those meetings, and, and she said, I've got a revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he looked at her and said, are you ready to receive it? And she says, well, I, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm not good enough, and I have a little more digging to do in the Scripture. But I have seen it in there. And he, he said, he stopped her and he said, ma'am, are you saved? She goes, yes, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He said, if you was to die right here on this spot, right here before me right now, uh, would you go to heaven? Do you believe that? Yes. And he said, then if you believe all that, then you can receive a taste of heaven right now. And she received. But she had to get that, she had to get that religious mindset out of her that I got to keep digging, that I got to earn it, and I got to do all this. It's not what you did that gets you ready. It's what the Lord did for you that gets you ready. 
Every one of you in here are ready to receive from God. You just got to believe it by faith. Um, some personal stories that I've come across, and, and I'm, I'm sharing these with you because I, don't, I do not want a, I'm telling you this, this, uh, this spirit, this is a spirit, a religious spirit that haunts uh, the body of Christ, and we need to get it cast out in Jesus' name. And we've got to walk in love. And I, I heard a situation just here recently that a little girl had got pregnant out of wedlock, and she wanted to have a baby shower. This is in Oklahoma, by the way, and it's not too far from here. Um, and she wanted to have a baby shower, and the church told her, we're, we're not going to have a baby shower for you because you're living in sin and you're out of wedlock. I'm going to tell you something right now. That little girl's never going to go to church again, probably. And then her little baby that's coming up is just going to know nothing but hating the church. And that is so sad. Um, I pray that doesn't happen. I pray somebody gets in her path, you know, and tells her that's not Jesus. That's not God at all. Um, I had, and here's another one. I'm just going to say it because I hope it goes out on radio. If I, if, 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 if I'd have been in the presence of this man, I think I would have throat punched him. Really, I'm, I'm just going to say it. That's how righteous indignation has come up in me. I would have overturned tables like Jesus did. Um, but he told somebody that I know personally, another church here in Oklahoma, um, she got pregnant out of wedlock, and this pastor told her, uh, he, didn't call, he didn't call a baby a male or female or anything. He said, this is exa his exact words was, you have a sin baby. Yeah. And then I had to counsel with this girl to, that's religious spirit, remove that, cancel that. But words hurt, okay? Words lodge in there. Um, golly, that just, ooh, that just makes me so mad. My, my, uh, my fifth grade teacher, some of you heard this story before, Beth Ann Graft, um, growing up, uh, when we was living here and we just started the church here, and Beth Ann came by the house one day, and she's a, a good Baptist lady, loves Jesus with all of her heart, was a great teacher to me. Um, and uh, something had happened, and she had heard somebody, and, you know, she'd actually heard a, a preacher, and it made her doubt her salvation for whatever this, I mean, this guy just, it was, and she told me everything, it just wasn't right at all. And, uh, and I had to ask her, I said, I said, Beth Ann, do you, do you think you're saved? And she goes, Yes, I do, but not after hearing him. I said, no, I'm not saying about after hearing him. According to the word of God, or you say, have you asked Jesus in your, in your heart? And she said, yes. And I said, then you're saved. And, but she came to our house, Jade and I, who she taught both of us and was doubting her salvation, and she just needed comfort to know I'm saved. And um, I've, had, <laughs> I've had people tell me, I could believe that you were saved if you belonged to our church. Okay, here's, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, there is a lot of stuff being done in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, that is not Jesus and is not God. And that's not one of them. It's not about your, and that's why I've said here before, a lot, there's a lot of people that wor worship their denomination. We're to worship Jesus. Yeah, and then you need to find out where you're supposed to go to church at. And it may be a Baptist church. It may be a Pentecostal church. It may be a Methodist church. But you don't worship the denomination or the banner over the church. You worship Jesus. And you've got to find out where you're supposed to be plugged in at. 
I've had people tell me, well, you've got to be water baptized to be saved. And I was like, well, man, I'm telling you what, according to Scripture, the thief that was by Jesus, he's in heaven today. Because Jesus said today, not tomorrow, uh, or he said today you're going to be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't, I'm going to say this, and just so that we get the point, Jesus didn't say, well, you know, I can't get down right now, you know. I'm hanging up here with three nails in here, and I can't get down and water baptize you down there in the Jordan River. He didn't say that. He said, today you're going to be with me. The, the water baptism, I'm not going to negate it because it is something that you need to do. If you're still alive and walking with God and you're not hanging on a cross, <laughs> you need to get water baptized, all right? Um, that's something you got to do. But there's been a lot of people who go home to be with the Lord on their deathbed, and they never got water baptized, or they were in an accident and they were laying there, and they knew this is it, and they repented. Yeah, yeah, nobody's standing there going, oh, too bad, can't get water back. Don't got a bucket of water to throw over you. You know, I know I'm making, but guys, that seriously, let's use our noodle. I'm sure God's up there going, oh, my gosh. They're messing this all up with man-made religion, what I'm trying to do here. And we have really messed a lot of stuff, and we've messed a lot of people up. Religion has messed a lot of people up. Um, you don't have to be water baptized to be saved. That's, that is the next step in your, in your walk with God. But, and I'm not negating that at all. So, and you need to do that if you haven't done that. But that's not what saves you. That's what You're just showing everybody what's happened on the inside of me. The most important thing is that you've been born again from the Spirit. Because God is a Spirit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here. Because, um, and there, there are some denominations that think that, that they're the only ones that's going to heaven and everybody else is going to hell. They're really in, and they're in this town, too. Um, and I'm just going to tell you who it is. It's Church of Christ. There's some good Church of Christ people, I'm not saying, but the Church of Christ, by and large, just believes that everybody else is going to hell where the only one's got it right. And, and so they don't, even enjoy, they don't even fellowship with us in our local. Cause I, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I have people come up, where's Church of Christ at? Well, they, they, they think we're not going to hell. You know, I want to tell them, they think we're going to hell. And we're, we're having this, you know, this meeting worshiping Jesus, and we're not, we're not going to make it. And I love this joke, and I'm going to say it because um, <laughs> I heard this joke from a pastor. And he said that a guy went to heaven, and St. Peter, you know, one of the disciples leads you around heaven. And St. Peter was leading this guy around heaven, and, he, man, he was just, he was so, he, he got there right at the last second, one of them kind of guys. And he was like, man, I am so thankful that I listened to my mama and my grandma, and I repented. And at, there at that last moment, and I'm in heaven, and his guy was just celebrating and hooping and hollering and going on. And St. Peter said, okay, we're fixing to go by this room over here, and I want you to be real quiet. And, uh. The guy goes, well, St. Peter, why do I? He goes, I'm excited. I'm in heaven. Why do I need to be quiet? He said, well, we're walking by the, where all the people that know Jesus that were in the Church of Christ, and they think they're the only ones here. <laughs> I thought that was so good. Uh, I thought that was so good. I had to share that today. Uh, but, guys, I'm telling you, religion hinders faith. It hinders it. And there's a lot of stuff being done in the name of God. And when people are ignorant of the word of God, when they haven't been taught and they don't know, they believe that about God and it, it scars them for life. Some people never get over it. Not unless they get in a good Bible teaching church and get in some good counseling. Um, and guys, pure, pure religion, James told us what pure religion is. You know, the word religion is in the Bible, but, um, but pure religion is when we take care of the orphans and the widows. 
That's what pure religion is, and that's, that's love. That's showing the love of God, okay? And I, I just I want to share this story with you today uh, because there's a lot of times I don't share, and it's my fault because I need to share what you guys do and what we do as a church body because when things happen, things, you know, come to probably me first a lot of times. And we had, we had a situation over the last few weeks where somebody called me and... Um, and, well, they called our church, I should say that. It was the town office. I'm just going to tell you what. It was the town office here in town, and they called the church. And they, they were letting us know that somebody uh, needed help with their water bill. And they, but they said, but, but don't tell nobody because I'm not supposed to be doing this, right? So this person, they called Patricia. Patricia called me, and I said, okay, I'm calling the town office. So I called the town office. And I tell them, I said, hey, I want to tell you something. Uh, if there's somebody in town that needs help, especially a widow, because this was a widow situation, um, I said, I want you to call our church, let me know. And I said, we're either going to do it or the ministerial line or somebody. We're going to get it done, whatever it takes. And I said, and she said, well, I'm not supposed to call, you know, and I'm not supposed to. I said, I don't. This is between me and you. This is a little secret. I don't think God's going to care. Okay, I know you got rules and, and rules down there and stuff, and I understand that. Break this rule. God don't care. Okay, God wants you to break this rule. And I said, you call and just let us know, and we'll take care of it. And so they had called, and this was a widow. And um, and what had happened was, and she didn't know it, and she because she was grieving, and her husband had had passed away, and uh, there was a leak, a water leak, and so when she got her water bill, it was astronomical. And uh, it was around 500 bucks is what it was. And she couldn't pay it, and she was just distraught about it. And I'm going to tell you something. Through your giving, we paid it, and then some. And uh, took, took care of this month as well. And, uh, but, and I don't share those stories enough with you guys, but, guys, that's what pure religion is. And I don't know what church she goes to. That don't matter. That don't matter at all. She was a widow. She's grieving. She needs help. And that's where the church, that's where the, what's the church is supposed to do, what brothers and sisters in Christ are supposed to do. And everybody said amen. Okay. Two more scriptures, and then we're done. Um, 1 Peter 3, verse 14. I know we're thinking, of, I hope you are, because uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I hope you're thinking about love today. Um, so 1 first, first John 3, verse 14 says, We know that we have passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren, our fellow Christians. He who does not love, abides, remains, is held, and kept continually in spiritual death. It is very important that we walk in love. And any time that you get out of love, you need to get back into love. <laughs> How many of you ever got out of love with your spouse for just a moment? <laughs> then you got to get right back into love. Amen. Okay. A little marriage teaching there. All right. Galatians 5, verse 6. I love this scripture. It says, because we're talking about walking by faith, understanding the new birth, understanding that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. And the reason why he was saying this is because in the Apostle Paul's day, they were, they were talking about things on the outside 
and the Jewish people and the Gentiles, well, they're not, they're not circumcised, so they can't be like us. And, and Paul's, Paul's like, it has nothing to do with what's on the outside. It has to do with the circumcision of the heart, what's going on on the inside. And then he says, I love this in Galatians 5, verse 6, 40, part B of the scripture. He says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's the only thing that counts. That's it. Amen. So we're going to leave here today understanding the new birth, understanding the love of God, and we're going to walk in it. Amen? Amen. I want everybody to bow your heads in here this morning. And I just want to make sure that you know the love of God. The Bible says, Jesus said this, that God is a spirit. And the, the Bible also says that God is love. So we know that he's a spirit and he's love. Those are two of his main attributes and who he is. And he wants you to be reborn in your spirit, born again in your spirit, so that he can shed his love abroad in your heart so that you can go forth and love yourself and love others well. But to do that, you've got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you've got to, you've got to say, Lord, I know that you, I'm a sinner, that you sent your son to die in my place on the cross. He rose again on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make me a new creation. And when you do that, when you mean that, it's not just religious rote or religious ritual. It's, it's you really mean it in your heart. Then the Holy Spirit comes and abides in your heart. And then he's there with you as your comforter to help you and help you grow in this, in this walk, in this Christian walk, help you to grow in faith. But you have to make that, that confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people, I was talking to somebody here a few weeks ago, and they were talking about there's just a whole lot of people sitting in churches that have never made that confession of faith. You know, they've heard, they've heard the gospel and everything, but they've just they've never really meant and done that confession of faith. And so that's why I do this every Sunday here, because there's people, you all are here today. There's people here today that I don't know. I don't know where you are in your walk with God. There's people that are watching online. There's people that are going to be listening to this on the radio. And so I want to have the honor and the privilege of leading you in this prayer. And so I want you, even the ones in here that you know you're saved, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God, and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If that's the first time you prayed that, your very next step of obedience is doing this, is water baptism. And we can do that next Sunday, but we're also having a water baptism Sunday on Easter Sunday. So if you'd want to you know, wait and do it on Easter Sunday, so you can always remember that. Um, get with me and we will, we will have the, what I call the holy hot tub ready to go for you. And, uh, and uh, appreciate you all being here today. And did everybody learn something today? Do you understand the new birth now? Understand salvation? All right, Jade, I want you to come up here and we're going to speak a blessing over you. So I want everybody to stand up in here. If you need special prayer or anything after service, come and get with us and we'll definitely pray with you. But we're going to go ahead and dismiss you this morning so that you can go out and walk in love this week. All right.
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said...